Have you been having trouble coming up with topics or questions to ask your guests for your podcast? Well, guess what? I have the answer for you right here. It's called Poddex. I've been using Poddex here and there for a couple of months now, and I'm absolutely loving it. I quickly went online, bought a pack, and quickly like that, they gave me two sets. I think this one's the episode deck, so it has like episode topics, and this one's the interview deck for like questions and stuff. In fact, on the episode with Doug Malai, we used these and answered some questions back and forth. Even some questions for Zoltan East fans episode were used. If you guys want to use these, just go to www.poddex.com. And when you purchase your first deck or decks, use the promo code TCLIVE to get 10% off your first purchase. Again, that's TCLIVE to use at the promo code, promo code spot. T-C-L-I-V-E, to get 10% off your first purchase. Guys, it's free money. You're getting money back for this. Start your podcast now. It's literally the easiest thing to do. You have a platform and you have cards to have your episode be made. Again, go to poddex.com. Use the promo code T-C-L-I-V-E or use the promo code or the uh, promo link down in the description of the video to use. That's for you. Immediately adds the promo code to, to your cart. Easy as that. Again, if you guys want to use the promo code TCLIVE to get 10% off your pod decks. All right, back to the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you this. We are back with a special guest, a good friend of the show. He's back. Mr. Zoltan Eastman. Everybody give him a round of applause. Yay. <laughs> he is back again for the second time to talk a little bit about the election, what his plans are for the future. Uh, I'm really hoping he runs again as me as VP, of course. And <laughs> I'm just very excited to get this on the road and everybody reintroduced you to Mr. Zoltan. So Mr. Zoltan, how are you today? Great. Great. Yeah. Uh, I want to know something a little bit. I want to know something from you real quick. Um, so I've had this really big question in my head. All right. So in this 2020 election, you ran as a Republican against Trump, correct? That's correct. And then you moved on to the Libertarian Party and ran for the VP selection. That's right. And then once everything was over, you endorsed Joe Biden. Yes. <laughs> I want to hear what your thought process was, because last time on your show, you, you did say that you're more of a liberal type, but you ran as a Republican. So what's the mismatch here? Are you pro-Trump? Are you well, pro-Biden? The, yeah, I mean, the reality is I'm, I'm, not, I'm mostly pro-science and pro-technology. That's where my heart is, and that's really where my political bias is as well. I think the country needs to be run by someone who's going to push forward science and technology. Whoever does that best is going to, you know, get my support. But, you know, to begin with, we ran in the 2020 presidential election because I, you know, I, I wasn't a big fan of Trump. Mm. Don't get me wrong; I'm not one of those Trump haters either. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think I think there were some things. That he, you know, from an economic point of view, the country was doing pretty good. But I also thought that I was worried about issues of uh, potential dictatorship desires and uh, and 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 just in, in general, the world seemed to be a little bit chaotic wasn't something I wanted to wake up to. For the very first time in my life, I had to worry about a nuclear flash off the coast of San Francisco. I mean, it was just yeah. something that had never happened before. So I thought the best thing that I could do is try to run directly against Mr. Trump in the 2020 primaries. And, you know, because I, I run as a transhumanist, someone who really supports science and technology, 
that was going to be strange to the Republicans. But at the very least, they would be introduced to it. Yeah. So, you know, we spent uh, quite a bit of money, got on a bunch of major state ballots. And uh, I don't think we did very well in terms of, uh, you know, we, were, we got like 1% most of the ballots. But that said, we, we did make some major media and we did get the word around. And people for the very first time that normally don't consider science um, considered it, I think, much more significantly than before. So that's why I ran there. And then, of course, the, the VP, the Libertarian Party, sort of what I, I don't consider it home, but mm. I, I would say that as far as the philosophy, it's probably closest to me. And uh, so it made sense to throw my hat into the ring for the VP there. Um, and that didn't work very well either. Uh, but at least I came um, with quite a bit of attention because of my presidential campaign. And so, you know, I gave the Libertarian Party some, yeah. some uh, visibility. And th that's sort of always nice, you know. Yeah. So what's your future for running going on? Uh, 2024, are you running again? Are you uh, going to run as a Republican? Well, I'm, I'm not actually sure. You know, we might have, a, we, I really don't know. There's going to potentially be a recall for the governor in California. And I've run once for the governor already as a libertarian. I might run again. Uh, I, it's possible I would run. Uh, I don't know what party, but, you know, if it's possible, I'll run in the future as a Democrat. I mean, to me, it's not really the political point of view. I have liberal beliefs followed by libertarian uh points of view on uh, economics and um, you know, and that's sort of where I'm at. And, and frankly, that makes me a pretty good Republican sometimes to a lot of younger Republicans. So, you know, I, in, in a strange way, because I'm not this woke guy, but I just happen to be somebody who defends personal freedoms. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I don't really know where I fit, but I, I'm, I'm thinking about these campaigns and how else I can make an impact. How is your how is your wife feeling about this? Is she a fan of you running for president or governor or anything? She's not really a big <laughs> fan because she thinks first off I'm away a lot, so I'm of yeah. course away from my two two young daughters, and um, you know I'm not really sure that she wants to she would ever want to be first lady. <laughs> uh, that's actually a good sign, I think, when somebody doesn't want to necessarily be it because I, yeah. you know she's a physician, so she would probably be pretty pretty good in terms of uh, women's health, women's yeah. rights, and a lot of that other stuff, but. Um, uh, you know, the reality is she's not overly supportive just because it, campaigns are enormous. You know, I've aged a lot. They take on a lot of pressure. Uh, you know, you're, you're traveling back and forth, sometimes giving two, three talks a day. And, uh, you know, and there's always a good chance that you lose. In fact, majority of the time, in my case, it's obviously a losing proposition at this point. So, you know, it's, it's you know, it's, hey, it's easier to stay at home. You hear some positive enlightenment to you. All right. Look up how much Abraham Lincoln lost. All right, the guy lost several times, and then he won the president presidency. All right? No, no, uh, you know if you look at a lot of a lot of our presidents, a lot of our leaders, Nixon's another classic example. Yep. Someone who lost so many times and then finally wins. You know, of course, and then blows it. <laughs> but yep. you know, so I, I, I've often told my wife and you know and people I've interviewed with whatever. My time is closer to 2028, 20, 2032, maybe even beyond. Mm. That's when transhumanism will probably hit full stride. And hopefully by then a lot of, you know, both uh, younger, older, or whatever people, everyone will know me because they've said, oh, this guy's been running forever. Yeah. And maybe one day my ideas will stick and that will be the time that I have a chance to actually be competitive on a real level. Oh, yeah. And then when you run and win, your VP will be Trenton Chapel Live. <laughs> there we go. There we there go. We go. Uh, I would want to ask you on your opinions of our current president, Joe Biden. What is your opinion of him so far? Uh, he has made several executive orders uh, and not bringing anything to Congress out of, that I would know of. What is your opinion of that? 
Well, you know, I mean, to begin with, what I really like about Joe Biden right now is I just don't hear about him much. Mm. And um, that was kind of the big issue with Trump. I really don't want to hear about my president every single day. I really don't want to hear about the controversy about what he's doing, even if he's doing great things. I really don't want to hear about it every day. I think a president is there to serve the country. And what I've appreciated about Joe Biden is I actually don't hear much about politics. For example, we had this, this crazy democratization of trading and you know uh, Robin Hood and stuff like that. I got to say, as I wrote a tweet earlier or last week, that was really fascinating news. That was like for the very first time in a long time, I heard a, a news story that I was very interested to in that had very little to do with politics and the president did not get involved in it. And it was simply a matter of, hey, something different is going on here. It's kind of like a bunch of you know traders who don't have much money are taking on Wall Street. That's the kind of story that I like. What I like best about it is it didn't, didn't involve the president. It doesn't matter who the president was. And so in that sense, I can say I'm pretty impressed with Joe Biden. Now, I really don't know because, of course, I haven't heard that much of what he's doing, uh, how things are really going. But I know so far I don't seem to be worrying about that big flash in the sky anymore. And, and that is making me and a lot of other San Franciscans feel quite a bit safer. Yeah. So I had uh, another libertarian candidate, Vermin Supreme, on the show. Uh, I asked him a, a question. I go, what are your thoughts? on Pre President Trump. He had some words. So I want to hear from you. What is your opinion of Tr President Trump? Sure. Well, let me just say first, um, you know, Vermin Supreme is a, is a pretty good friend of mine. We've mm -hmm. met a number of times on the campaign trail. We did do some videos together this last time around and stuff. So I, I'm pretty uh, happy. But um, you, you're saying, what do I think of President Trump? Yes. Well, I mean, frankly, I'm just not one of those anti-Trump people. Uh, I, I think um, Trump did a pretty strong job economically in terms of keeping the country going upward. It maybe not may not have been that difficult of a job. I like the fact that he deregulated a lot of things, but like I said, um, I, I worry. I worried a lot about waking up and every single day the news being about Trump. I just don't want to live in a country where I am bombasted by this kind of political circus good or bad. Maybe it's his fault. Maybe it's not his fault. That was not the point. The point was, I just want the country to run smoothly and me to worry about my science and technology. And I got to say, from a media point of view, it was really a bummer because Trump dominated the news so much that smaller fish like myself just simply couldn't get into the news talking about science and transhumanism and technology because there was not, none of that happening anymore. All of a sudden, as soon as we have Biden in office, now they're looking for stories because, frankly, Biden's not that interesting. I'm yeah. not saying he's boring, but he's just simply not that interesting. And what's, what's happening with the journalism world? We're all of a sudden, they're starting to say, well, what's going on in the transhumanism world? What's going on in science? What's going on in technology? And that's much more the world that I want to live in. And so, you know, I did vote for Joe Biden um, for almost specifically that reason. I just simply wanted to have a much quieter U.S. presidency, and, uh, and I wanted the world to move beyond this kind of division that was happening in America. It's a big bummer to have a division like oh, yeah. that. Yeah, the, what we've been going through is, uh, you know, as a Republican myself, I actually recently just left the party because I was just appalled what happened at the Capitol. And so I was like, I do not want to associate with that class. I don't even, I, I'm more of just, I'm going to vote for the person that I think is fit for the job. In my opinion, uh, out of all the candidates that ran in the Democratic Party, I was more fit with Andrew Yang. I think I explained that to you last time. I liked Andrew Yang right. the most. And I was like, I would have voted Democrat for him right away. I liked his policies. I liked everything.
but now I, I'm just waiting for a right candidate. And so far, I personally have not seen a person that can run a country. You know, I'm worried about the my next generation taking over. You know, I'm my we're a bunch of weirdos now. I mean, it's my my generation's a bunch of weirdos, and that's coming from a nice point of view. And so I'm just like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen next. You know. Uh, well, you know, Mr. Yang is, is a great guy. And, and uh, the, the hopefully one of my big hopes is that we will get younger candidates into the picture. Oh, yeah. um, you know, I got to say that obviously Trump was this old white guy. And honestly, we have another old white guy there. And yep. uh, I'm not saying it has anything to do with race. But it, when you have a collection of people across the land and you kind of uphold a certain status quo all the way through, that leaves an effect on the people. And as you said, with weird, it would be nice to have somebody unusual in office. And that could, you know, it could be some of my bizarre policies, could be some of Mr. Yang's, you know, uh, basic income. He has rather strange policies compared to the status quo. It could be, uh, you know, some of the other candidates too. I mean, of course, libertarians had a, what I thought it was a strong presidential candidate this year as well. And uh, I would love, in fact, I would love to have someone like Gary Johnson run the country. I know Gary Johnson personally and think he's a, uh, you know, people say he's goofy. Who cares if he's goofy? He's He's got a good policies. I like the man. He's a good, solid human being. And I think a lot of times that's what a country could need, could use to get back on its feet and heading the right direction. So I want to ask you one another question about presidents. Um, we brought up Abraham Lincoln and Nixon. In your mind, who was the worst president in history? This is from a fan, by the way. Uh. <clears throat> <laughs> Uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I got it. I hate to say this, but uh, I'm going to go with Trump right now. Right. I really don't know the whole legacy of presidents, but I'm going to tell you right now, the one that I think has caused potentially the most damage in America at this point. And again, I'm not bashing Trump and I'm not an anti-Trumper, nor do I dislike the guy. It's not like that at all. It just happens to be, I expect all presidents not just to be good, but to be well, well above what we might call good. Like, uh, very, very good. Mm-hmm. And if they they can't do that job, then they've really done something terrible. And, you know, I used to not like George Bush because we went to Iraq and places like that. But honestly, I think um, despite the fact that Trump didn't take us to war, sure, we didn't go to war outside. But I mean, I looked outside in my house here in San Francisco and there were riots miles away. There was, uh, uh, you know, people <laughs> taking over little cities and there's looting in San Francisco. You can't even you know, go down the street anymore safely. I mean, it's, it's. I would say, in my opinion, that I'd say Trump is the worst one that I know. Again, I don't know all the history as well as I should have. But in my mind, during my living years, that's certainly um, been the worst. And to counter that question, who was your favorite president so far? Well, <laughs> uh, ah, gotcha. you know, th- this is gonna, <laughs> this is, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so cliche here in these, in these things, but Obama has been my favorite. And there's a number of reasons. Let me just say, um, uh, first off, I like the idea that Obama came from nothing. For me, it's really important that somebody's not born into wealth and then emerge into this, you know, this great position. I got to be honest. I'm not saying Trump hadn't earned some of his billions, but he was born into a family with so much wealth that I really can't understand it. Whereas Obama really came from nowhere. And the man had quite a bit of class and well, I don't necessarily agree with all his economic policies and stuff like that. I mean, I'm much more fiscally conservative. Um, I actually did very well under the Obama administration. That's where I made the majority of my own wealth. 
uh, which sort of kind of allowed me to live the life that I'm living now. And, um, and but I just also like the, the classiness that he had through his presidency, just this idea that he was someone you could have a beer with. I don't know yeah. if I could really have a beer with Trump. You know what yeah. I mean? And I, I'm not sure I can thing, have a beer with Biden. Trump doesn't drink alcohol, so that's another reason. Yeah, well, there we go. And that's <laughs> <laughs> never trust anyone who doesn't never trust anyone who doesn't drink alcohol. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, great answer, great answer. Uh, personally, myself, uh, you know, I was raised Republican. You know, my whole family has been Republican, and uh, I, you know, I was during the age. I think, I think when I grew up, Bush. Bush, you know, Jr. Uh, was uh, the president, and I grew up with Bush, uh, Obama, Trump, now Biden. So I really didn't get to experience all these other presidents. Like my grandfather, he experienced, I think, JFK assassination when he was like a kid my age. And so I didn't like really experience, but uh, I'm going to keep it fair. I'll answer from my point of view. My, I think the worst president, being a history major going into this now, I think it was Buckingham, who was before Lincoln. Uh, he wanted slavery, so that's the main reason why. And so my favorite now, uh, I would have to go with Reagan, 100%. Uh, good. Um, my uncle was a speechwriter for him. And so uh, I had to hear a bunch of amazing stories. He was the only president that won pretty much every state, pretty much. I mean, nowadays you'll never get that. You know, California will always be blue. Texas will always be red. It's kind of like those. And this guy won California. He won New York, D.C. He won all the liberal states. And so I think. Right. Well, I, I, I agree. I mean, Reagan is a, is a great person. In fact, on top of that, I can tell you in terms of governorships in California, Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. has been really my favorite from, you know, the, the idea that he, he came to a very what was a blue state, essentially, and was just a moderate. And as a result. Everyone liked him, and the state progressed quite nicely, especially after taking over yeah. uh, over kind of an, a bunch of economic issues. So, but I agree with you, Reagan, and I have fond memories of Reagan having been, you know, d- born during those era, and, and also, you know, I did cover some stories uh, with the Berlin Wall and stuff like that later uh, when I was a journalist. But so I learned quite a bit of it. Um, you know, I, I did a story for Outside Magazine mm-hmm. on on the Green Zone where the Berlin Wall was taken off, and as an environmental story, but. So I learned quite a bit about it. Fascinating stuff. But yeah, I mean, Reagan, he did some amazing historical stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 100%. Well, I, I guarantee you right now, I, and this is just, it might happen, it might not. I don't personally don't think we'll have another Reagan in the, in the future. I know. I don't think we're never going to have, I, I hope we don't have another Trump where it's so, there's so much, there was not war in other countries. There was a war in our state in our own states, you know, we had an uprising. It was just, we were, I say it's the second civil war. It was left versus the right instead of the North versus the South. And so that's, I hope we don't have that again. So far, as you said, we don't hear about Joe Biden anymore. We don't, you know, and I like that. I hated waking up and Trump being trending on Twitter every single day. Every single day. It was like, ah, watching SNL and just, Oh, another Trump joke. All right. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, I want to hear jokes about other things. I mean, the world seriously. is funny. The world's great, you know, and it, I agree. And I just, but unfortunately the media, which I feel was partially responsible for putting Trump into office because they gave him so much screen time in the beginning. Um, Cause at first, like no one had ever seen anything like this. We're like, Oh my God, this is we're we're they're doing such good ad sales and all this other stuff. 
So then the media very, you know, about halfway through his presidency said, wait a sec, how are we going to stop this man? And, you know, that then they did the cancel culture stuff, which again, I, I don't support the cancel culture stuff, yeah. but you know, the media, you, you can't control them. They're sort of, they have their own inner animal spirit. And they said, look, we're going to shut that man down. Yeah. And, and they did. And, yeah. And like with, I, I think it's kind of funny that he lost his Twitter account, his Facebook account, YouTube, everything. I bet you he's sitting at home just like, what can I do? <laughs> you know? No, no, of course. And that, that would be huge. I mean, for him to lose that is almost to lose like an arm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's so significant. So I'm not sure what's happening. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing with all his money, he's probably looking to create some kind of Twitter alternative or something like that, because he needs a direct outlet yeah. to his people in order to make a comeback or something like that. But, you know, I mean, I, I can tell you that where I live in San Francisco, people just said, look, we're going to use that power to our advantage for the first time, uh, especially after they were somewhat responsible, like I said, for creating, you know, him in the first place by, you know, letting him go off and be who he was and just be outlandish and people followed and watched. And uh, so, you know, it's been interesting to see how Silicon Valley has reacted to that. But, um, you know, <laughs> like I said, and, and I, I know you agree is that I wake up and I don't see Trump in Twitter headlines. And that's exactly how I like it. I don't. I just want to see news. I want to see what's happening with the world. Like morning, I want to see the Nobel Prize winners, sports, whatever it is. I like this morning. I live in in Texas, and so this morning, all I see it's trending is just snow, because <laughs> Texas is the one state we never get snow in. It's weird. And right outside, right. we have a mountain of snow. I'm like, <sighs> right. But yeah, it's just it's. I feel like once after election week, not day. <laughs> I feel like the world just went, it's went calm. And, you, and I felt no, it. No, totally. I felt totally, it. Totally, totally. Uh, all right. So I, of course, want to ask you some questions about transhumanism. Uh, what sure. is the plan? What's the future for it? You know, you ran for president to spread the word for it. What's, what's next? You made a documentary. What's, what's, let's hear it. Well, sure. Uh, you know, so just so your, your listeners know, the documentary is Immortality or Bust. In fact, just uh, yesterday, it won uh, Best Biohacking Awareness Film at the, Gre at the Geek Fest Festival in, in Toronto, a film festival. And we're happy that's our second award. We won uh, another award at some other festivals. So, and, but anyways, if your viewers want to watch it, it's uh, on Amazon Prime. Uh, and so you can either rent it or you, if you belong to Amazon Prime, you get to watch it for free. So we've been happy about that. And I didn't make the documentary. Somebody made it on me. So it's not exactly, uh, you know, 100% how I would have it. But uh, I, it turned out quite nice. And... Um, Right now, the future involves just writing books. Um, I'm working on uh, buying a, a French chateau so that we would have a wine there that would have some kind of transhuman drugs inside them. I already have a vineyard in Argentina and, and a vineyard NC here in Napa Valley. So I'm working a little bit more on a business idea with transhumanism to put brain drugs into wine. Um, that's one of the things. But I, I think I think I'm just doing a bunch of, you know, we have a few TV interviews going on all, always and other documentaries. So. I'm trying to keep busy. I don't have any campaigns planned, but I got to say, I'm keeping my eye on this recall for uh, California Governor uh, Newsom, because if that happens, the way this works is usually in California, there's a two-party system. So you either get one and one in the primaries, like one Republican, one Democrat. But <clears throat> if Newsom is recalled, that means you might have 200 people on the ballot and whoever literally gets the most votes in California wins, even if it's only 10% of the vote, you still can win the governorship. So that that's uh, that's something I'm keeping my eye on, eye on just in case 
Yeah, uh, it appeals to me. Definitely do it. Because uh, something that's interesting is, it's like, oh, I would go to people and say, oh, we're having Zoltan back on. And they're like, oh, is he the transhumanist guy? And I was like, yeah. And they asked me, what is it? What is that? What is that? What is transhumanism? And I go, go listen to the first episode. We explain it. <laughs> that's so I rack in views. <laughs> and you pretty much spread the word of transhumanism. And I, uh, my last episode with my friend Julian, I explained to him, I go, basically to dumb it down for you, the, the dude has a microchip in his hand that lo- unlocks doors. I mean, that's kind of cool. <laughs> Come on. And yeah, so- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and all sorts of other fun stuff, too. It's funny because uh, with the Bitcoin craze, you can trade Bitcoin on your chip, too. I haven't done it yet, really? but you can do all these things with it now. So it's... Uh, but it's funny, you know, with the with the with the microchip implant, it's I got it almost about five years ago now, and it's funny because the retinal or eye scans when you go into like a place like Starbucks or something like that, in the you know here if they have that technology, if they want to have it, um, it's probably a better way to have a kind of a payment method or some kind of communication method with um, a computer rather than a chip in your hand. And so, interestingly enough, this this chip is probably already. 100% obsolete in terms of what the new technology is regarding either retinal scans or facial AI recognition. Yeah. And it's, it's still fun though. Don't get me wrong. It's a fun party trick. It, oh yeah. <laughs> it's funny. And even in five years, the technology is sort of outdated. Yeah. What, what's your, what, for the last question of, the, of today's podcast, I want to ask you, what is your, what's the next like most innovated piece of technology that's going to come out soon? You know, people would expect that we had flying cars by now, but we don't. So what, what's the next big thing that's going to come out? Well, I would say the biggest thing that's going to come out for you, me, and, and other listeners within the next five to ten years is probably the robotic eye, the idea that you would electively replace one of your eyeballs for a robotic eye. And the robotic eyes that are coming out for the blind right now, they don't look like a robotic eye like the Terminator. They look just like your eye. It's very hard to, to, yeah, very hard to decipher the difference. The only <clears throat> real difference is that they can – uh, monitor poisonous gases, or they can download Netflix into your brain directly and all these other strange things. And so I'd say within five to 10 years, and you know, this is what Elon Musk is working on with Neuralink. He's working on kind of brainwave patterns, but it's very similar technology. The idea that you would have a robotic eye that would intake parts of the world, be able to sense things and translate those senses directly into your brain. Um, and I think that's really a place where a lot of us are going to go, especially young people who aren't so, um, you know, scared. And because you have two eyes, you might say, okay, well, this is such a huge benefit. For example, an eye, even if you're sleeping, your eye might still be working. It might still be scanning the room. Let's say you're on a safari in Africa. It might still be scanning the room for snakes, poisonous snake that entered your room or something like that. Or it might be scanning for carbon monoxide gas. So, you know, I mean, come on, you have a five-bedroom house. You don't have to buy fire alarms anymore because you're – robotic eyes permanently scanning for that stuff, even if you're sleeping. So there are all sorts of, I think, cyborg benefits that people don't get. And this is why it turns out there's about six universities and private companies working on this eye because they they see it as one of the first major cyborg adaptations. And again, it's going to look just the same. You're not, no one's going to really know. It's not going to feel weird. Not like you were looking at somebody with a robotic eye. It's going to look normal. And, um, it's going to be so useful, so functional. Anytime you go to Starbucks, you're never going to pull out your wallet. It's just going to scan your your eye. You would send it out automatically. All your bank information uploaded right into your head. I mean, it's it's kind of like your phone in your head, 
except it and you know beyond that let me just say they already have eyes so there are some blind people in the world that actually can see better telescopically than you and i can because the robotic eye can already just like a like a mic like a microscope or just like a telescope can already see far better than the human eye so those pe blind people that have this eye already that you know the test the fda has approved some for blind people already in the united states can already see better in some instances than you and I could ever see. Um, because, you know, obviously the robotic eye is going to have much better capabilities of zooming in and telescopically zooming out and stuff like that. And so there, there's a huge advantage to that. But I think within five to 10 years, you'll probably start to see something like that come on the market. And I bet people like myself will be very quick to go for that adaptation, mainly because um, we are, we're going to have one other eye just in case something goes wrong. But obviously, nothing's going to go wrong. They're not going to put it out if something goes wrong. And they're they're already working on all the, you know, there's a large population of blind people that are the very first people that are getting these eyes anyways. And um, so they're, you know, they're going to be the ones test running this this for the rest of the rest of the populace. That's very interesting. I Because, like, you mentioned, like, Netflix. And, like, I could see it, like, in, like, a sci-fi movie, like, an eye. It's pretty much that would make phones obsolete next because you can just do just text with your eye or call like, Oh, call mom. And it connects and you can hear it. I mean, that's pretty interesting to say that like the eye is the next step. Cause we already have arms. And we have what's legs. interesting. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And I think what's interesting is how many major universities and companies are working on it because, you know, when you talk about like uh, some parts, you know, like you'd say you talk about a, you know, a special robotic finger. Well, I mean, how much better can your robotic finger really be than your finger is right now? Yeah. But when you talk about the eye, you're talking about, you know, essentially the phone being instinct to your brain and being able to see better um, and being like, able, like I said, able to replace smoke alarms and being yeah. able to start your car with cool. just your eye, you know. So there's a huge push financially or economically. There's a huge amount of money flowing into specifically into that industry because people are saying, wow, this is not just like, you know, a little thing. We might have 50, 60% of the population go for this upgrade by the time the century is out. So now we're talking about a $10 trillion business potentially. And that's why there's a lot of investment specifically into this type of industry. Wow, that's very interesting. Well, I know you're a busy man, you know. Uh, I really hope to have you back on, hopefully longer, because I want to have, I have so many things I have to ask you. Um, but... Guys, that's Zolt that's Mr. Zoltan Eastman, presidential candidate. Yeah, sorry about that. Thank you. <laughs> governmental, government, uh, governor candidate. Uh, hopefully, uh, he becomes governor. If, fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, we'll see if we'll see if I run. I'm I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. But you know, I do have more campaigns planned. Prom is really, uh, uh, as as I told you with my wife, I want. Yeah. I would like to be do better and maybe even come close to winning one yeah. that might change her, her opinion a little on it. You gotta, you gotta get the messes on board first. Of hey, course. Hey, hon, uh, I'm going to run again. <laughs> uh, is there anything you want to plug before we end the show? No, no, just for your listeners. Um, please watch that documentary immortality or bust. Um, I also do have a brand new book coming out actually tomorrow called uh, philosophy in the future. Uh, and it'd be free for the next few days as well uh, on Amazon. So it's just a book of my essays. But so if anyone wants to grab that, but definitely watch the documentary because I think you'll really it. learn a lot about transhumanism and uh, and also the community because it, it really features a lot of other people in the community as oh, well. Yeah. 
I definitely watched it, and I think I emailed you about it. Great documentary. Really well made. Uh, well, Zoltan, thank you for being on my show again. Um, I hope everything is well. hope your family is safe. Um, and uh, thank you for coming back on. Uh, you know, good friend of the show here. And uh, I wish you the best of luck for your future. Absolutely. Hey, thank you for having me on, and I hope you have a good night. Thank you. You too. All right. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. No problem. <laughs> have a good one, man.